Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. I want to uh, offer a talk, and I'm calling this talk, Anything Can Happen at Any Time. This is a line by my teacher, Joseph Goldstein. His, sometimes he says, it's his contribution to contemporary Dharma. Anything can happen at any time. It's a profound perspective to really not only take in, but, but live embodied, realizing that in a moment things can change. No matter what part of the cycle you're on, no matter how low you go, in a moment things can change. Or if there's grieving to absorb, it will change and you'll probably smile again and probably laugh again and things change. And no matter how good you have it, no matter, I've worked hard to get my life together. Finally, I got it together. Anything can happen at any time. I was in a, I had two groups today um, uh, that I meet with monthly. And in one group, uh, one member wrote, bad news, just found out my wife has some kind of cancer and we're going in for a biopsy today. And was kind of shaken by it. And but he, he said the practice can hopefully support me. And we sent him some some good energy from the from the meeting. The other group, somebody she came to the group said, um, well, uh life was going along so well and uh and recently I was going for a run and I fell and I broke my ankle and now I'm a new reality for the next next period of time. And she was dealing with it in a beautiful way. But you never know. You absolutely don't know. I want to encourage us to take this on as a practice koan, not to scare us, not to depress us, but to see this is what life is asking us in every moment to let go of the control that we never had in the first place and to know that anything can happen at any time. And when we know that we don't want to miss this moment. I'm just thinking of a, there's an old story we used to uh, tell on retreats. I don't, we used to tell it so much. I don't think I've, I've heard it in ages, but uh, so, well, so I'm going to use it now. Maybe you haven't heard it about, and since it's Yom Kippur, it's about a, a rabbi in old, uh, in the old country. And, um, 
uh, he was uh, going across the town square as he did every morning at that time. And this big Cossack policeman said, so rabbi, where are you going? And the rabbi looks to him and shrugs and he says, you don't know. And the, the Cossack said, what do you mean you don't know? You've been walking a- across this, uh, this plaza every day for the last 10 years at this time, going to synagogue. You don't know? What are you trying to make a fool out of me? And with that, he picks him up by the scruff of the neck, drags him across uh, the, the plaza to the jail and opens up the, the jail door. And just as he's about to put him in, the rabbi turns and says, see, you don't know. So we don't know. We don't know what life has in store for us, but how can we live with that? Especially in these times, in this era of uncertainty on a level that we never have faced before. In this pandemic time where we don't know how things are going to unfold. You know, maybe five months or so ago, it looked like, oh, things are kind of under control. All right. And maybe it was like, you know, I saw a hundred deaths in the country uh, at at one point and 3000 new cases. Yesterday, I thought I saw, it was something like, um, uh, what was it? hundreds of thousands of cases, and there were something like um, 5,000 deaths or something like it was It was weird just how things changed. A little variant to a virus, and everything changes. And on this, in this current level of uncertainty, um, there are extra... Uh, practice lessons to deal with this um, out of control reality that we live in. I was with another group um, earlier this week and uh, one of the the people uh, said, you know, I'm living in the future and I'm living with, with fear and worry and anticipation about what's going to come next and how can i how can i come to some kind of terms and use the practice in a wise way so that i can open to the reality without com- continually being drawn into the future and we talked about um wise vo- versus unwise opening to the possibilities. If you're a worrier, then you know you're probably living most of the time in the future. My mom was a big worrier. I've mentioned her before. You, maybe you've seen the video of, of my mom, Confessions of a Jewish Mother, How My Son Ruined My Life. And she says, uh, I was born to worry. If my, 
if I can't think of anything to worry about, that's when I really get worried. Just because it was a habit of mine, someplace for her angst to go. And I wrote about it in, uh, in, in Awakening Joy about this story by uh, Nula Nasr, about Mullah Nasruddin, the uh, Sufi figure, um, uh, wise man, fool, eccentric, uh, where one day he's spreading breadcrumbs around his, around his uh, house and his students are looking at him meticulously spreading breadcrumbs. And one of them says, Mullah, what, what are you doing? Well, what's, what's that about? And he says, oh, I'm doing it to keep away the tigers. And they say, tigers? There aren't tigers for hundreds of miles from here. And his response is, effective, isn't it? As if somehow that's keeping things at bay. That's what my mother used to say. If you're not putting in your time worrying, you're not really using it wisely. But uh, it's a very um, debilitating place to live from, this anxiety and worry about the future, and particularly in these times. And I wanted for part of this talk to share with you a a really um, great essay. It was a blog, I guess, by, um, by a woman named, I'm putting her in the chat box, Esther... Perel. And uh, the, the title is, What is this feeling? Anticipatory grief and other new pandemic related emotions. It's a really excellent piece about what we're all going through. And the unique situation when it comes to um, letting, um, not letting the future run us because there are all these, um, all these heretofore, um, uh, not conditions that we've not had to deal with. I'll read a little bit and then go over some of the points and then bring the Dharma into, um, into this. Uh, it's time we expand the lexicon of our physical health to include our mental health. The unprecedented crisis created by the virus has left us with an equally unprecedented set of unfamiliar emotions. High highs and low lows float atop a steady undercurrent of constant dread. Even when we allow ourselves to see the positive aspects of quarantine, the slowing down, the opportunity to reconnect with ourselves, our families and our loved ones, we can't help but feel this unbearable thing underneath it all. But what is it? It isn't any one thing. We have a tendency to call it stress, but it's multidimensional. Breaking it down into parts and giving these parts names is crucial to our health, safety, and sanity. We're not working from home, we're trying to adapt to an entirely new worldview while working, learning, teaching, partnering, parenting, and more on top of each other in the midst of a global crisis. We're not tired, we're burned out. 
We're not waiting for things to return to normal. We're most of us obsessing about what normal will even be after this. And for that matter, when is after going to come? And then she talks about a few different um, emotions that we're going through that are particularly um, uh, applicable to this situation. One is called prolonged uncertainty. That sense that not only do we feel uncertain, but we don't know when our feeling of uncertainty will end. Mm. Whether it's work or relationships, when are we going to be with our loved ones? When are we going to do activities like going to the movies or then you see people who are doing those things in a careless way and uh, and there's the price that we're paying for it. Prolonged uncertainty. How long is this going to go on? When is it going to be normal again? That takes a toll. Prolonged uncertainty. Another one she calls um, at ambiguous loss. It's actually a term uh, coined by uh, the psychologist Pauline Boss. Ambiguous loss. It's a loss. The, the actual term is ambiguous loss. It applies to when, say, somebody disappears or they're missing in war and you don't hear from them or some, or if they're somebody is kidnapped is like a prime example of it where there you don't know if you'll ever see them again it's a heavy kind of a of a of a pain and then there's another ambiguous loss in the the classical definition not so much in the pandemic one where somebody has cognitive decline and they're around but they're they're not around and so this sense of loss, but it can't be quite fixed as it as it usually is. But in these days, loss of the way that we've lived, the boundaries between work, home, school, and more, our plans, weddings, trips, birthday parties, loss of safety and trust in our leaders, and because it's ambiguous, it's difficult to know what we are mourning. The loss of normalcy, the fear of economic toll, the loss of connection, we're not used to this kind of collective grief in the air. Okay. So that's a second one, ambiguous loss. Another unique to these times um, particularly, I shouldn't say unique, but, uh, but highlighted even more in these times, uh, is called anticipatory grief, where you're sensing a grieving uh, is, is about to come, that uh, loss of all direct human connection, uh, those... Um, loss of perhaps loved ones and uh, loss if there is some kind of a, um, another variant, 
uh, uh oh, it, it could get worse where you're preparing yourself for grief. Another one is uh, actually, this is more on the positive side, what she calls tragic optimism is another kind of um, phenomenon that we're, that many of us are going through now. And that is when you see the worst, it's those who fare best are not the ones who are always looking on the bright side. Oh, things will be okay. Um, And I, I teach awakening joy, but it's, it's also about seeing how being realistic about the possibilities, but tragic optimism is the ability to find and maintain hope and find meaning in the cry in this crisis. And so all of these are, um, are these phenomena from these, from this circumstance that we have to explore. And here's where I want to share a little bit about how the practice can support us. Because it seems that the way around is through, that to really come to terms with reality, to see things as they are, as the Buddha advises, to see things as they are, but not to dwell in fear, but to see them clearly so that there can be a wise response to look directly at the nature of reality as best we can when, uh, without getting dysregulated. You know, we, we, um, I say we, we need to titrate our dukkha. We need to take it a little bit at a time. So we take it in and we're not going beyond the window of tolerance, as it's said in, in, in trauma work. You don't want to be numbing out, but you don't want to be so overwhelmed. You want to just keep on taking in enough so you can metabolize the reality and learn to live with the unknown. Alan Watts has this wonderful book, and the, um, the title says it all. It's called The Wisdom of Insecurity. The Wisdom of Insecurity. Uh, Not to go around biting your nails all the time, but to see, oh yes, this life is insecure. There's no solid footing because anything can happen at any time. And when we're willing to look and have a a big enough container of centeredness or openness or gratitude for all that's good that allows us to take in the challenges, then we can have a wise response. Mm. Charlotte Bronte, uh, I I love this quote from her. I'm just uh, thinking of it now. To see the worst is to take from fear her main advantage. To see the worst is to take from fear her main advantage. 
because if you're hiding your head in the sand and saying, oh, no, I don't want to look at that, then it's going to come sooner or later anyway. But if you can see, oh, this might happen, but not be living in fear. You don't want to be living in fear. You want to just see, oh, yes, okay, this can happen, and I can... I will be able to handle it. There's a whole other level of trust in life and confidence, which I'll talk about in a in a moment. But let me see if I can find something that I I here it is. A poem about this. Maybe you've heard this before. It's a very powerful poem by Jennifer Wellwood. And it's called The Dakini Speaks. Dakini in Tibetan is the, uh, a, the feminine principle of wisdom that gives the straight news. Here's what she says. My friends, let's grow up. Let's stop pretending we don't know the deal here. Or if we truly haven't noticed, let's wake up and notice. Look, everything that can be lost will be lost. It's simple. How could we have missed it for so long? Let's grieve our losses fully like ripe human beings but please, let's not be so shocked by them. Let's not act so betrayed as though life had broken her secret promise to us. Impermanence is life's only promise to us, and she keeps it with ruthless impeccability. To a child, she seems cruel, but she is only wild. And her compassion is exquisitely precise, brilliantly penetrating, luminous with truth. She strips away the real to show us the real. This is the true ride. Let's give ourselves to it. Let's stop making deals for a safe passage. There isn't one anyway and the cost is too high. We're not children anymore. The true human adult gives everything for what cannot be lost. Let's dance the wild dance of no hope. Let's dance the wild dance of no hope. Now that doesn't mean to go around feeling hopeless, but it means to let go of bargaining with life and thinking, if I do this or I do that, oh, maybe I'll avoid the dukkha, the suffering that's part of life. And this is exactly what the Buddha instructs us to do. You're perhaps familiar with the five daily reflections, I'll share them again. 
this body is not beyond aging. I will grow old. This body is not beyond sickness. I will become sick. This body is not beyond death. I will die. Everything and everyone near and dear to me, I will be separated from. And I am the owner of my karma. My happiness and unhappiness depends on my choices and my actions and my habits. He says, think about that every day, not to bum ourselves out. And that first one has a caveat, of course, you know, I will grow old. If you're fortunate, you'll grow old. Not everybody can count on that either. But he says, think about this every day so that you, you know the deal here, as Jennifer Wellwood is saying. So you know the deal here. This is part of the package. And when you come to terms with that, you don't want to fritter away your life because every moment is precious. You can't just say, well, you can, but it would be not so wise to say, you know, oh, I'll postpone my well-being. You know, when I retire, then I'll, then I'll go for well-being or happiness, or then I'll do this and miss out on your life. It goes by so fast. And so when you truly know how fleeting this world is, as it says in the Diamond Sutra, this fleeting world, like a, um, a lump of, of foam, like a, a bolt of lightning uh, in, in a summer shower, uh, like dew on, on a flower. This life passes so quickly. Knowing that, you want to be present for it. There's only a certain finite number of moments in our life, and nobody knows how many. Be here for it. That's the idea. See how precious it is. There's a, um, a, a discourse, a teaching by the Buddha, where uh, it's called the elephant's footprint. And he says, greater than all the other meditations is the meditation on death, where you are coming to terms with the fact that you will die, because that's the ultimate fear uh, provoker. And he says in another teaching, he says, how often do you think we should reflect on the fact that, uh, that we will die, he says to his monks. And one guy raises his hand and he says, I try to reflect on it every week. Buddha says, no, 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 no. Another guy, I try to reflect on it um, every few days. No, no, no. Another says, I think about it every day. No, 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 no. Every hour. No, 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 no. He says, you should reflect on it with every breath. This could be your last breath. 
Now, I'm not suggesting you take that as a practice. You'll be uh, preoccupied and not get things done. But the idea is to really get anything can happen at any time. Ah, Let's be here for my life. And the way that this starts working is that there is a sense of coming into the present moment because if you are living in fear fear is always about the future have you noticed that when you're worried or you're afraid by definition it's about the future Uh uh-oh what if this happens and so you're going around thinking about the future and missing out on the present moment. Uh, What a shame that is. He says, don't go, don't live in fear. Come into this moment. Here is where there's refuge, knowing that this moment could be your last. Oh, let's be here for it. Let's, Let's let go of the future. Of course, you plan consciously and all of those things but to really live your life fully now. And in that, what happens is a sense of trust more and more. The, the, um, the mental factor of sadha, of faith becomes stronger and stronger. And faith, sadha is sometimes translated as faith, sometimes it's translated as trust or confidence. Not that everything is going to work out just the way you want. That's not how it works. But the trust comes from trusting that your awareness will be able to meet the moment when it comes. It always has. You have lived through every crisis in your life. You're still here, obviously. You've lived through all of them, and they've all had their values. You probably learned from the hard stuff even more than the beautiful moments. So they've all been part of your curriculum, all been part of what life is offering to you to learn and wake up and grow. And looking back, seeing, oh, I've made it through all the other ones, Whatever is coming down the pike, I'll probably be able to live through that one too. And so there is this trust, increasing trust, not that it'll work out the way I want or that I'm going to be superhero and, uh, and fix everything, but just that your awareness will be able to meet that moment when it comes. So you live knowing the preciousness of this moment, not dwelling in fear about the next one, and knowing that you have the tools to get in touch with the wisdom that can respond wisely, respond with a compassionate, loving heart, responding to meet the moment and not not being stuck in ambiguous loss or anticipatory 
grief, but in um, a sense of um, tragic optimism that you will find meaning in whatever happens to be here that's not so helpful, that's really hard, and don't miss all the blessings in your life. That would be a shame to be so looking, fearing the future that you miss out on what's happening now. So trust in the awareness. Where do you live? So I, let's see how much time we have. Well, I'll, I think I'll, maybe I'll just stop here for now uh, and see if there's any questions or any comments. If there's time, I'll share with you a, a, a guided meditation um, that can um, underscore this reality. But maybe I'll just stop here. I, I've talked enough and just see uh, if you have any comments or reactions, you can go to the bottom uh, and hit the reaction button. Uh, and on the on that, you'll see raise hand function. I'll, I'll be able to call on you and we can have a little dialogue and, and, uh, and we'll see how many people we get a chance to, um, to share with. So Isabel, hi, I see your, your hand on. So why don't hey, you unmute hey, yourself? I missed you terribly. And, um, and I want to say how wonderful it was. What a great job. Um, why am I Eve did while mm. you were gone mm. and how great she was. Um, but for this talk, it's so funny that this is exactly what I've been working on for a while now. I guess probably everybody does, but um, this, that I had been living with a lot of anxiety and, um, and that was what it was about was just like this general feeling that I couldn't control anything and therefore I was miserable because I didn't know what was going to happen next. I don't want to say I was miserable, but, mm-hmm. um, but then I have been practicing a lot with, um, with letting go. It's something I actually work with a therapist on and, um, and the letting go is really a big deal. It is just a big deal. And one day I said in our session, it's actually a career coach that I'm working with right now. And I said in our session that um, I was anxious about this and anxious about that. And then I said, you know, the honest truth is letting go is more important than anything I can achieve. And she stopped me and she made me write that down. And now <laughs> that's kind of my mantra. <laughs> it's like, it's the key. The key is like to just not, not, not care, but just like have an easier grip on everything. You, you are right on. Uh, letting go is the key. Letting go of your expectations or your ideas or your wants or, oh, I need to have that. It's all about letting go. That's what trust is is about. It's surrendering the control that you never had. And it's particularly letting go of the attachments that we think will make us happy. It's going from the second noble truth, the cause of suffering is attachment, to the third noble truth, the end of suffering is letting go. So I'm so glad you arrived at it on your own because then you see the wisdom is is right there. 
it's that's day the in and day out. On. And then the other thing I'll say really quickly is that I've heard the talk by Joseph Goldstein that where he's where you know he says that famous phrase. And I and when I heard him talk about it, the other thing I thought is it's not only that bad things can happen, really good things can happen really unexpectedly. And when we're mm. open to that, then that's even more beautiful. Um, so there's that too. Right on. That that's the other side of impermanence. Sometimes people think, oh, impermanence is such bad news. I have to lose this, I'm going to lose that, I'm going to lose that. But really, impermanence means continual transformation and continual creativity. Oh, another moment of life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's what's gotten me through a lot of hard times is knowing mm -hmm. that, I, that I've been down before and I've been up before. And it really, it just is a cycle and it doesn't make any difference. It's that's just, it. And unfortunately, that's the wisdom from aging. Yep. Well, the wis it's not unfortunately, that's the good news there. There there's that's the good news about aging. There's a there's a, a story of this guy um, who wants to see uh, he's heard about this great uh, wisdom master and he travels uh, days across the country to finally get to the to the master. And he says, Master, I've heard that. Uh, you're so wise. Please tell me, how did you get so wise? And the master says, um, good judgment. And he says, well, how did you get such good judgment? And he says, experience. And then he says, and how did you get such so much experience? And he says, bad judgment. So that's, that's part of the deal in growing up. Thank you, Elizabeth, Isabel. Yeah, no, thank you, James. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, yeah. And thanks also uh, for mentioning about um, uh, about Eve. Yeah, I, I heard uh, great things about her, so um, I'm looking forward to hearing what she had to say. Uh, Bree, hi. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Can you, yeah. you can you hear have me. A, your video on? Or can no, you... I don't do video. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's so, hear. So um, what I was reminded of, listening to you speak, this is decades ago when I went to a, one of the lectures at the Zen Center here in San Francisco and the monk said, when you wake up in the morning and you put your feet on the floor, expect anything to happen because it will. Mm -hmm. And I have always remembered that. <laughs> and it's really true. Yeah. I don't know. It just, yeah, right. It kind of frames a lot of what you're talking about. That's it. Anything can happen at any time. And, and then, it will. And it will. Yeah. You don't know what's coming <laughs> down the pike. Me, yeah. Right. Yeah. To me, that's kind of, there's humor in it. it, the, it, it there's humor in the reality of that. Mm. You know, when, that, when something's really real, at least for myself, it just goes into me like, like a, a visceral connection if, mm. for me. Mm, and and a lot of times I always feel um, I, I trust things when I feel there's humor too. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you, when you have that, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> you, you, when you have that, you um, then life becomes a kind of a continual surprise and adventure instead of dread. Ah, okay. What's going to happen today? You know, you ever, have that. I hope you have that from time to time. Oh, I wonder what's coming today 
instead of, oh my God, I wonder what's coming today. Oh, what's today going to be like? I, I do that when I, I'm on retreat and I, and I sit and I go down to, the, uh, to my cushion. These days I go down to my chair and I say, oh, I wonder what this one's going to be like. It's a whole different kind of openness to life, especially knowing that you can trust that your awareness will meet the moment. Wendy, hi. Hi. Hi, James. Welcome back. Um, well, I like to talk, but I have a, a bleaker take on it because my mother died two days ago. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. After really suffering for six days, it was mm -hmm. very, very hard to watch mm -hmm. someone die. Excruciating. Were you there with her? Yeah. Oh, lucky her and lucky you. Well, I mean, you know, here I try to be a Buddhist and, you know, have attention and mindfulness. I, I was doing okay the first couple of days. Let me tell you, James, by the fourth day, I was like, I can't take it anymore. Mm. I just was like, it's time to die, you know, and I was wishing for her death because she was suffering so much and yeah. we were suffering, watching her suffer. Uh, honestly, it was miserable. <laughs> so, you know, she was very old. Mm -hmm. um, but How then, old? How old? 98. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And last June, um, my beloved cat got hit by a car. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry. And he was pretty young. You know, that was really devastating. And mm. I just have felt angry at death and like, excuse me, I'm about to swear, but like, you know, any fucking thing can happen to any fucking time. It's just a fucking lotto, you know? Well, <laughs> that that is that is one one route to go, <laughs> and I'm I'm suggesting another one. You can change your reality, as the Buddha says. We are what we think. With our thoughts, we make the world. And when you see, this is the deal here. Like Jennifer Wellwood says, then you're not. This is part of the package. There is birth. There's death, there's sunsets and earthquakes, there's sorrow and joy. And the human realm is said to be the optimal realm to wake up even better than the, than the Deva realms, all the realms, because this is the, the realm that has both sorrow and joy. And that's part of our curriculum to learn to just accept, as she says, let's, let's not pretend we don't know the deal here. And of course, when your cat dies or your mother dies, there's, you grieve your, your losses fully, as she says. You can't hurry that up and say, oh, okay, I should just be over it. No, you metabolize the sorrow and the sadness and the pain, but not to get stuck there or not to, I would hope you can shift and thinking, this is an awful world because this happens, but rather, oh, this is part of this realm. So I, I, I really feel for your loss mm -hmm. and I, I hope that you can grieve 
fully and come to a place where you see all the the beauty that your mom has has given you and all the 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 wonderful ways that her legacy lives on in you and celebrate her as well as as grieving the loss um so thank you yeah i guess i'm i'm just kind of stuck in the bleak the bleak perspective on it and well uh understandable you're right in the middle of it yeah don't 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 stay there don't get stuck there okay feel for you uh gosh it's almost i think we have time for just one more uh joan and then and then we should go charles i'm i i don't know if we'll get to you because it's time to go so but it's good to see you here joan last last one and unmute yourself oh there you go let's hear um i had some unexpected things this year both of my children have cancer um, in the midst of that it occurred to me that life is full of unexpected things that's a very good thing because it leaves us open to make changes and to have hope Everyone is not going to die today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're going in and out with the hearing, but I, uh, with the sound, but we, we could hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. It's yeah. just a little closer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. just something that occurred to me, and it was like tremendous relief to know that unexpected is good. Yes. And as you're saying, uh, I'm, I'm so sorry for your, for your, um, for your children's uh, illnesses, and I, I wish you, uh, I wish all the best uh, for them, and that mm-hmm. whatever it is, you can you can learn more deeply from. That's what the Buddha said in his teaching on suffering can lead to faith. It makes us try try to make sense of the world like Viktor Frankl said, how can I, how can I open to this and make sense of this and find meaning in it? Uh, so I wish the best for you. And it's great that you can have that attitude of opening to the unexpected. Thank you. Already, one thing I've um, experienced is that my son who's always been a very difficult child. Mm-hmm. And even though he's in his fifties now, um, I, I feel closer to him now than ever. Mm. He's so much easier to be with. Mm. Because coming down with cancer in, at 51 seems to have helped him to grow up at last. That's often how it works. I'm going to put you on mute because your your sound is going in and out. But I will mute thanks. myself and uh, I okay. thank you. All right, thanks. And you, you just... You just really, you know, said the essence that everything, you can learn from everything. And often it's the, the difficult that wakes us up and softens our heart. And I'm glad that's happening with him. So, okay, anything can happen at any time. Let's just close with a, a few moments. First, just wearing, taking that on for a few moments. Okay. And knowing that rather than meeting life with dread, 
to open to it with surprise, open to it with gratitude. If this moment is not filled with pain, don't miss it. See what's here. If this moment is difficult, don't miss it. See what you can learn from. See how it can deepen your compassion and understanding, making every moment count, knowing the real refuge is right here in the present and that your awareness can meet the future when it comes. So with that in mind, just dedicating the merit of our time here together, being with friends for an evening. And may any good that comes from our practicing together, uh, may we roll it into a great ball of merit and share it with the world share our caring, our love, our understanding and wisdom, our presence. May it all be shared for the benefit of all beings everywhere and this planet. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.